We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How to win $200,000 drafting at the FFPC in their best ball tournament in 2023. That is what we are attempting to do many times over, Sean, I'm sure, this offseason as we draft multitudes of these teams. But in this one in particular, we're going to be looking at what are the optimum ways to go about it. We talked recently about the Superflex contest. Obviously, we're going to talk about the non-Superflex version here and both contests we really love. If you want to get in and get involved, they are over at myffpc.com. But the best ball tournament in particular, Sean, we were fortunate enough to come in second place along with Blair Andrews in this. A couple of seasons back, we had a sweat right down to the last couple of plays of the entire uh, week 16 slate, I guess, Sean, it was at that point, based on the additional game being added in now. But a lot of fun, but just came up that little bit short. But we're hoping to go one better this year. The prize money is $200,000 to the top prize, $1.245 million in total prizes. It is $125 to get in. And a bit like over at Underdog, no kickers, no defense involved in this one. 14-week regular season, head into the playoffs then. The one thing, again, I like about this is the straightforward nature of that playoff format too. Week 14, two teams go through. Week 15, two teams go through then week 16 it is three teams that do advance they are all 12 team leagues which makes it feel a little bit more manageable about how you're going to get through in these weeks and then we get to a 72 team final to compete for that top prize at the end of it all it is a 20 round draft and it is going to be a lot of fun sean to draft in these but also to talk through the potential strategy our upcoming draft that we are drafting in along with the road of his overtime listeners we have picked well not that's the word not the right word to use we have been dealt i guess we'll say the sixth pick and been dealt rather than picked because we're going to go through the the possible scenarios for each of those kind of draft positions whether you're in those first two three picks versus if you're in the six seven eight range versus if you're at the back of the round in the 10 11 12 and the advantages and where you might want to end up being depending on what strategies you may be looking to implement but sean as I mentioned at the start, a real fun format to play in. Hopefully, somebody in the the OT, the Rotoviz community, brings it all down in 2023. That is the the hope here. 
But how are you feeling as we sit here Sunday, 18th of June, as, as we get ready to draft it and how the best ball landscape is, is starting to settle a little bit? Do you think there's going to be much of a shuffle between now and the end of August, early September in terms of ADP? I think we're going to see quite a bit of movement. And I think the way that the roster cuts and so on are set up in the NFL this year, it could be very murky even into those very final days before the NFL season kicks off. We'll definitely have a lot of movement in between now and then, but fortunately we're going to have a month or so here where things will be pretty static. It's not necessarily known as the best time to draft these teams, but I think if you have player targets who you think are going to make some huge jumps in that July, August timeframe that you want to go ahead and load up at this point, the trade-off with that, is that we don't have nearly as much information as some of the late drafters will have. And so you want to build these summer teams specifically to take advantage of guys that you see as risers and with tactics in mind that will neutralize some of the disadvantage of not having that information. So that's one of the things that we'll look at as we go through the draft itself. Colin, you mentioned the draft slot. This is the second straight week in which we've drawn the 106. I don't know, the the rest of the listeners may be wanting to get in there and, and have some investigation here. They may be getting skeptical at this point. If the third draft that we do in a couple of weeks' time ends up at the 106, I think questions will be raised. But Oh, so you're saying no questions here just for two times. And also that I have set up both these leagues probably makes it seem a little bit more tricky. But the part I would say in Superflex, I, we talked prior to that about the strategy and where you would like to be. We kind of agreed, I think, that the 105, 106 is probably an ideal spot because you can get those non-quarterback players in the second round, but you also get one of the final quarterbacks in that elite tier of quarterback in the first round. So there is, I think, a lot more advantages in the Superflex format to being in the sixth spot than there is particularly in those early rounds in the the, the non-superflex or the standard format that we're drafting and, and we're having the conversation about here. Obviously, being in the middle of the rounds as each round goes around in the snake format, there is advantages to being in the middle there. But I, I do think, and we'll talk about it in a moment, in terms of those first-round targets, I think it's a little bit of a tricky range being in that sixth spot. Would you agree with that? Obviously, I think having the one or two or three, you're, you're looking to get one of those elite wide receivers it does make it tricky at the back end of the second round, early third round, though, to pair those guys up. Have you a favorite place to be drafting at this particular point in time? I probably think either being in those top three picks or being in those last three picks is probably where, where I'm leaning at the moment. Well, I think there's a pretty significant tier break at about 107. And so I like to have picks in the top seven there. If we have picks in that four, five, six, seven range, then you do have more flexibility throughout the draft or maybe you don't have to reach values are going to fall to you. That part I also like quite a bit. Now it's a little bit different in the FFPC because drafters are grabbing some of those running backs a little bit early. And so in the underdog format where you can get a Jonathan Taylor, you can get a Saquon Barkley in the mid to late second at times in FFPC, we're looking at Nick Chubb, we're looking at Tony Pollard. Those picks are not as appealing, but it does push Jalen Waddle down a little bit further to you. The other thing that we see is a big difference here and something that we'll emphasize throughout the different shows on this draft are the tight ends. You have Mark Andrews going in the sort of the early mid two, TJ Hawkinson in three, George Kittle at the three, four turn, 
And then Kyle Pitts late in four, Dallas Goddard early in five. Getting to your total number of tight ends is a theme that we discussed on the Superflex show. It's going to be a battle throughout because one of the things that the Roster Construction Explorer will tell you is that the more tight ends you can grab in this format, the better off you are. Yeah, and when you're saying the more you can grab, is there a limit to that? And is there a limit on you know where we want to be drafting those tight ends? Are we looking to get multiple guys in those first 10 rounds or are we looking to you know what what do you think is going to be a a premier strategy in 2023 here when it comes to tight end well and you had mentioned you know where do we want to be in the draft travis kelsey has an adp of 103 he's someone who especially with the tight end premium is more or less just a world breaker there he had the fourth best win rate in 2022 the other guys up there with him were tyreek hill patrick mahomes and then obviously Josh Jacobs, who had a fantastic season from pretty deep into the dead zone there. When we look at those guys, they are all going obviously earlier in the case of several people we're talking about much earlier. Tyreek Hill, the 105. Patrick Mahomes, the only QB who's still in two. And then Josh Jacobs also coming in there just after Chubb and Tony Pollard. Probably some of his enthusiasts are wondering how a player with his workload and what he did last year comes in behind a little dude like pollard but obviously column you and i like the small guys it's interesting to see the i guess additional show of faith that we have for pollard and that dallas cowboys offense as opposed to still a lot of concerns for what the raiders are doing but when you ask about the tight ends there obviously there will be a race to get that tight end position filled and as we work our way through the rce tells us that you can go to four no problem in this format and one of the reasons for that is you have the two flex spots there is going to be a battle obviously as well running back wide receiver as you try and build depth there you know there are only so many high caliber guys that will work to fill the flex and with the tight end premium it really does give you a much better shot to use that second flex position on a tight end and at least have that flexibility. So if you build out a roster in this format that has some positional flexibility, that has some guys at the tight end position who it doesn't have to be every week, but you want to get that good score into the tight end position. And then if you still have a second player who will leak over into the flex, that is very helpful here, much more so than in some other formats. Very much. Uh, so when I mentioned that uh, team that we had that done quite well, we've had a few teams that have chased in the last couple of years, but not got into those you know top five spots but a lot of weeks if you can have that second tight end just because of the 1.5 pair reception you know if they get you know six receptions get anywhere near 100 yards and get in the end zone those guys are are outscoring a lot of the, the top wide receivers on that week so the other one note if anyone listened in to the super flex show that we talked about the strategy in that draft it is still a 20 round draft so we talked in that one about you're not getting an extra flex spot you're just using one of those flexes as a quarterback position still those 20 rounds to draft from so when sean's talking as well about this about being able to go up to four tight ends potentially it is a case where you're not having to draft those additional quarterbacks really to try and fill that spot so there is other positions that you can go and attack to try and find those advantages for the starting lineup it is one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end and two flexes so uh, kind of more of a, a standard format there when it comes through the scoring system sean also on the tight end note you mentioned kelsey going 103 but we're kind of looking at almost one tight end or two tight ends per round through those opening 
10 rounds with Mark Andrews in the second, TJ Hawkinson in the third, Pets and Kettle in the fourth. Then we have Waller and Goddard. We have Ingram. Then all the way down in the seventh, it is Fairmouth. Like it's moving down in that kind of range. And then between rounds, kind of 10 all the way to the, the end, it is quite condensed in terms of the majority of the tight ends going in that range. Tight end 14, Tyler Higby goes in round 10. And then, you know, when we're looking down through to the end, there's another 30 tight ends going off the board before the tight end 40 and uh, Austin Hooper in the, the last round. So tight end quite condensed. So if you want to get those elite options or you want to wait, and then when we're looking at the elite options, they really cut off. Probably you could potentially add Goddard into that in the fifth round, but there's there's a big gap then as to, to what the options are. So get that elite tight end, try and get some of the guys from you know the, the 9-10 range. It's going to be interesting to see how teams do attack it this year. Sean, when we're looking through... The rest of the strategy outside of tight end what do you think are, are some of the most important things you had a fantastic podcast on seed and bananas recently where yourself and ben gretz talked through some of the underdog strategy how the quarterback position potentially could be attacked there we've talked particularly in those super flex formats about potentially waiting on quarterback the quarterback window there was something that you talked about particularly from an underdog perspective in that show how's the quarterback window setting up here in the ffpc is it more traditional you know quarterback 10 and dak prescott is in uh, the eighth round along with kurt cousins and then you know we're down into say the end of round 11 with the quarterback 18 and russell wilson i might have said that dak prescott was tight end 10 but quarterback 10 is what i meant to say do you think it over at the ffpc more of a, a traditional quarterback window that we're seeing we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, you already see the quarterbacks having dropped off to an extent in and where they're going. And it'll be interesting to track that in all formats across the summer. Early on, everybody wants to get exposure to those elite quarterbacks because 2022 was actually a very unique season. And it was unique in a variety of ways. 
We had obviously Travis Kelsey with the massive season at tight end, but for the top six tight ends by ADP busted pretty severely. And so if you were on anyone other than Kelsey and then Kittle had a couple of bursts, then you were hurt by that. And the exception potentially being then TJ Hawkinson as he comes through and has the late season push, has some of the playoff elements there. But when we look at the tight end position, that was a little bit unique because we know that tight end and elite tight end has been just a true trump card throughout the history of best ball up until kind of that point. And Travis Kelsey obviously still was. At the QB position, you have these huge seasons by a handful of the stars, but that's offset by a huge number of injuries. And so it wasn't just the top quarterback scores. It was that you couldn't really keep pace at a reasonable gap, which is kind of what you're trying to do. You're not expecting to score quite as many points, but you have to keep pace at a reasonable gap with everybody else. Well, when you have this just cascade of injuries at the QB position and everybody's out, then the effect of those elite QBs becomes even much greater. And then on top of that, you have some performances like from Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders out of the dead zone. You have a couple of our sort of inflated zero RB guys, some running backs who rose significantly late in Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson. You have sort of those four performances out of a range that has traditionally not been very good for running backs. And so you have these unique dynamics for the 2022 season. And the question as we go into 2023 is always, how much of that do you chase and how much of that do you fade? Because if you kind of chase and fade in the right proportions, then you end up with super teams in the current season, which is what we're looking to do. When I look at the quarterbacks here, the elite guys are a little bit less expensive than perhaps in some other formats, but especially when you have to load up on the tight ends, that trade-off there is pretty significant. So then as we kind of look through, the QB window would probably be in that round six range. So you're talking about Trevor Lawrence at QB eight all the way through, as you mentioned, that 11th round where you have Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson. I mean, I would say that you're probably already more or less out of the window at that point. Jared Goff, pretty interesting because of how the Lions have run their offense and some of the weapons that he has. But I mean, you can't, I think with a straight face, look at what Aaron Rodgers did last year and the kind of play volume that we're likely to see with the Jets. Now, perhaps it's a situation where he goes on one of these Tom Brady-like revenge tours. And if that is the case, if he feels more incentive to blow out the opponent to actually get snaps off in a way that you can you know, run more total plays per game, have more possessions per game, then perhaps that would fuel some more scoring for him because he's going to have Garrett Wilson. But when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, old quarterbacks who played extremely poorly last year, I mean, that's probably out of the window for me. And then you're looking at, obviously, the next wave of names like a Derek Carr, Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, into that group where – I don't know that you're losing a ton by waiting. And again, at each of those points, the tight end players that you would have to pass on are significant enough that it's going to push you later and later. So there are reasons in some other formats to go QB late in order to make sure you're not just throwing away picks. In this particular format, if you think the QB names are there, and especially if you think they're going to rise and it's a way to play the June months, then I think we have to look at QB as a potential area that is exploitable and that we might want to do something different than what the roster construction explorer tells us. Remember, we're not going to just blindly draft 
by the RCE. We're going to think through what it's telling us, what are the ramifications for the current year, what are our individual boards look like. Colin, you and I love to draft off of our boards as opposed to more or less just using structural drafting and ADP. I think that's what you have to do if you want to have a bunch of teams move through and buy a bunch of teams. You know, if you draft one or two, you want that one or two team <laughs> to move through. If you're drafting 30, you know, you want to have proportionally a lot of your entries into the field. So whatever level you're drafting at, the biggest risk for you of not getting anybody in would be to emphasize your own board, but it's also the only way to win. And so that's the way that you and I are going to approach this draft. And it's also the fun way to do it. Yeah, it really is. And we are going to have the full draft coming out post the draft, obviously being complete, but it will be available for people to listen in. So you'll be able to hear pick by pick and round by round what our thoughts are. We'll go into it a little bit deeper than we're going through in this general overview. But Sean, the last thing before we wrap up is in this particular format, is there an ideal roster build, let's say through those opening five rounds and then through opening 10 rounds in terms of what you want to do is there a minimum number of wide receivers you would want to have on those rosters at a certain point how are you looking to to gain that edge this year well with the 2-2-2 format so we have two running backs two wide receivers and two flexes there are a lot of different ways that you can go and i love that because it opens up flexibility within the draft itself and so if you have a pick in the top four or five and you think that that moves you in a certain direction you can play that way you have a pick in the middle and it moves you in a certain direction you can play that way if you have a pick at the back end and you feel like you're not going to get access to quite as high quality first round selections there are still plenty of different detours that you can take to make being in that portion of the draft work for you but then also as the draft itself goes so if you end up in a draft that's very running back heavy which you will hit from time to time in the ffpc there are wide receiver paths that are very dynamic with a wide receiver heavy build one of the things that is consistent when you go through the RCE is that you see that zero RB will work and you see that an anchor running back with then a very heavy wide receiver after that will also work. So you have multiple ways to do it. But also with the 2-2-2, one of the things that we noted from back in 2016 when I took a more global look at this in the workshop is that if you have a season where ADP skews in favor of of the wide receivers but then the running backs score well and stay healthy then a hyper fragile build will be more successful in that type of season and the ffpc format with the 222 is really good for it so if you want to try a hyper fragile if you're in a league which could be like the one we're about to draft in where it is very wide receiver heavy but specific running back values follow you in some rounds now you're gonna to have to have a plan to pivot off of that and somehow get your receiver scoring in some way shape or form but you can take those running back values here and if they hit they're going to do a lot for you because you can play four of them in any given week if that's the way that the scoring works out for you there so i love the fact that you have so much flexibility in the ffpc best ball tournament to really select players based on the draft itself as opposed to maybe drafting a little bit more robotically yeah, and as Sean mentioned there, for some people who maybe wouldn't be as familiar with the format at the FFPC, when we're talking 2-2-2, two, 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 it is two running backs, two wide receivers, and two flex positions. So uh, just to you know, share that with anyone that maybe isn't as familiar, we are going to get ready to get into the draft room, get ready to draft in this. So come back, make sure you are subscribed to both the Road of His Overtime podcast channel where you will get all these a little bit ahead of time. It will also go up on the Road of His YouTube channel, but the podcast is always the quickest way to get those. So make sure you subscribe to both to get all the content in all the various ways. It really does 
help us out. So until we are back, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. Add over to Marlon. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.